everybody. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello. How do we do this again? <laughs> I I know. I'm like, everything is just thrown out the window at this point. It's, we're cozy in our quarantines and we're here with a new episode after probably the longest hiatus I'll ever experience. Fingers uh, crossed for the final two episodes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how how that goes. But but this episode was right on time. So, yeah. And and today we're going to talk about it because this is I can't do it. No chick flick moments. Hi guys. The Supernatural Watchcast. The Supernatural oh. Watchcast has returned. And today we are talking well, about what? Today I am your co-host B. Oh boy. And I'm your co-host Remy. Hi. We almost forgot who we are. <laughs> That sounds about right, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's get the rust off these joints. Okay, what are we talking about today? And and and, and uh, you know what? This this disaster of an intro is for keeps because that's just how we roll now. This is season two of of no chick click moments. I declare in this moment. <laughs> um, yes, and today we are talking about. Supernatural, Season 15, Episode 12, Galaxy Brain. (laughs) Bobo, I still hate you for that one. I don't care if if Bobo is technically a millennial. I will okay boomer that all day long. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> so yeah 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 i actually you know i didn't notice in the first watch but in the second watch on the recap um when when dean said go back to earth two i was yes. like oh i see what you did there i see i see you so yes that was fun i, I had a little i had a little smile at that now i know we've already re- you know revealed the big secret here but this was an episode written by robert bobo Barron's. And Meredith Glenn. Yeah, the dream team. Which is the dream team. That is, like, the best duo. You see both their flavors in this episode, yeah. I agree. Um, and it was an episode directed by Richard Spate Jr., also an all-star. Good old Gabriel. Good old Gabriel. The description for this episode reads, uh, Sam and Dean respond to a frantic call and together, along with Cassiel, Jack, and Jody, assist in an extraordinary and heartbreaking rescue. Billy surprises everyone with a visit to the bunker. And let me tell you, this description put the fear in me before (laughs) coming into this episode. Like, heartbreaking. I was like... Don't you do anything to Claire. <laughs> like that was my first Oh yeah. Don't you fucking dare. I I was pleasantly surprised because as the recap for this episode revealed, this was going to be a wayward forward episode and I didn't expect that. I didn't know I didn't I didn't really expect anything from this episode. I I somehow missed every single cue to, you know, spoil myself for for what this episode <laughs> was going to be about, but um yeah, I didn't expect the wayward and and I got really excited right off the bat because hey, Kaya, Jody, yay. 
Honestly, yeah. I was kind of optimistic that we would see the Dark Kaya storyline, but I had no idea that this was how it was going to play out. And Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. But. Yes. So we start off with Chuck choosing a Radio Shed store on Earth 2 as the best place to open up a villain monologue. (laughs) We uh, a fucking radio shed. We're told that it was four weeks ago. Um, yes, and and we have um, that. I I actually really liked the very first opening scene, which was Ryan. I'm calling Radio Shed dude Ryan because he just looks like a yeah. Ryan to me. Do you have a counter to my Ryan? Is he more? I of never a... looked it up. I appreciate the Ryan. He's Ryan. <laughs> okay, and and we have we have Ryan, the the Radio Shed employee, who is just like it, I I really just loved that kind of universal um moment that we can all kind of sympathize with, where you have one worker and one employee in this dead store, and and just like what do you do? <laughs> what do you do but look at each other? <laughs> Yeah, and I liked all the little cues we were getting that this was the different world, and it's I love the questions of alternate realities though. But Chuck apparently does not feel the same. Yes, Chuck comes in, and like you said, this I need an audience. It's monologue time, and the long and short of it is, is he knows that he has a hundred. Sams and Deans who have always done what he wants but this one Sam and Dean they are disobedient they are surprising the unpredictability he's obsessed with yeah yeah Chuck's other toys they don't they don't spark joy um yeah the one thing that tripped me up so hard on on this monologue was when Chuck did call our Sam and Dean the real Sam and Dean. That, yes. That's endlessly fascinating to me. Like, is this Sam and Dean the the real Sam and Dean? Like the happy accident that 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 Chuck playing the prophet during his angel apocalypse. He he just got Sam and Dean thrown in his lap. That that surprised him. They surprised him. They 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 defied what was written and and then everything else is just spun off from that did and 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 chuck created all these alternate realities that uh, that could that had these other sam and deans that that didn't have that kind of direct um influence from chuck and it led to all these different things or, or chuck guided them in all these different ways all these different scenarios and always got what he wanted from them but this Sam and Dean, the real Sam and Dean, that one in in the question of all these other alternate realities, what makes what makes the one real Sam and Dean? That yes, that was that was odd to me. I don't know if it was intentional, and all the things that I just speculated on were kind of like what could have been implied from that, or if it if I'm just thinking overthinking it. Well, I think that it's along the lines of what you're saying. Like, he has had multiple Sam and Deans that he's carried through various scenarios. Like, basically, oh, I want to see it end this way, and then they take the course. But this Sam and Dean 
didn't take the bait. They surprised him. And as a god of infinite powers and infinite realities, being surprised is that one thing that you can't do yourself. You need the other participants to do for you. Mm -hmm. And having a taste of that, he's just enamored. He's fixated. And that has made this Sam and Dean the paramount couplet in his mind. These are the ones he's in love with because these are the ones who surprise him. I love that. Yes, that's that's dead on. Yeah. And like we're seeing all these different things playing out on the screen behind all the different realities where Sam and Dean off each other. But ultimately, Chuck figures that it must be he's just too divided at this moment. His attention's everywhere. And so he's going to pare down the alternate Earths so he can really hone his attention on the one, the Sam and Dean. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is just a distraction. Yeah. And he calls them subplots, failed spinoffs. He says it's time to start canceling shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I do have one question about what we were seeing on the TVs behind Chuck because I I didn't really have time to to look it up um uh, but but we on one of the TVs um that Chuck turns to it is tuned into our world our sam and dean and it's a scene that we had seen before it's uh dean and Cass sitting at the kitchen table uh sharing a drink and sam walks in and it is it is footage from a previous episode but i didn't know which or or it was the trap so it was the trap yeah this was the conversation that followed sam was a bit afraid of what Dean's reaction would be, the fact that he broke the orb rather than used it to trap God. And that was the conversation that was taking place in there. That is too perfect. I <sighs> And again, it's it's four weeks earlier, so it could yes. very well be Chuck tuning in to what was taking place in episode nine. And we now have a rough idea of what events took place when, because this episode is the now. So yes. four weeks in between nine and 12. Yes. That was exactly what I wanted to determine. Was Chuck turning on that TV, tuning into, you know, what was happening real time in our world four weeks previous to what we know of right now. And for it to be the trap and it for it to be the trap post um you know their encounter with chuck i mean that's exactly what chuck did he fucked off to earth too yeah i because again at the end of the trap we also had billy going to jack and saying it's time and so jack was let out of the empty at that point so it took the four weeks of him i guess hunting down gregory before he fell onto Cass's radar and then was brought back into the fold it could be in like three weeks whatever the case is because there's a gray area between last episode and this one but it still it feels like a short time that they've been reunited and it's because of an upcoming scene we get that feeling yes yeah But yeah, so the long and short, we find that Chuck is going to start 
destroying worlds. Mm-hmm. And the next scene that we have is Sue Falls, Our World, Present Time. And it is Jody checking over a dead heifer in a field. <laughs> Poor Betsy. Or oh, Bessie. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and we get a quick little cameo, too, of Alex calling her, seeing when she's coming home. You know, I made a vegan lasagna. Yeah. And and Jody is saying, I don't know, vegan sounds pretty good because I'm not looking at a pretty picture here. She thought it was it could have been a monster, um, but it looks like uh, it was just some human on animal uh, violence that this cow was clubbed to, to death. Uh, I yeah. liked I liked Alex just like ew. <laughs> And Bobo, he said on Twitter that they decided to make Alex vegan in verse, you know, canon, because Kat Ramdeen, she's vegan too. So he was just giving the nod to her. Cool. And I also like like you bringing up that Jody thought this was a monster attack. So the what I get from this is she probably drove out there in her patrol vehicle, but she wasn't really doing it on company time. Like she was looking at it like it could be a case, and so she wouldn't want coworkers with her or really mm-hmm. anything like that. She wants to get a feel for it before she decides whether it becomes official police work or hunter work. Yeah. Yeah, she's got her she's got her routine. She's got her uh, procedure, order of operations for this kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, from the barn, she sees a shadow moving and she goes to investigate it. But she ends up getting knocked out by this really quick figure. We haven't seen what it is just yet. I saw that fucking grudge girl m- move in the <laughs> in the barn. And I, I was just like, oh. Oh, Samara don't. from the ring is coming at you. <laughs> don't don't go into the scary bar barn, Jody, please. <laughs> you're at the very start. You know you're in trouble, girl. <laughs> but But this girl does get the drop on Jody and Yes. And we cut to black. Yes. And we start back at the bunker. We have Sam, Dean, and Cass discussing Jack's and by extension, Billy's plan for handling Chuck. Yeah, yes. Just what's next? Yeah, Sam is not happy with the the quality of information that they have right now. Um, he doesn't know what the plan is. Jack doesn't know what the plan is, and and to Sam is looking around the room, and everyone just seems okay with this, and Sam is absolutely not satisfied. Yeah, there's just so much um, gray area still. They're in the dark regarding what Billy's plan is. They're in the dark about Jack, what his mindset is like, because he came back from the empty still soulless. And so the looming question around him is, like, is he a reliable ally? Is this something that they can put their faith in? Yeah, on that point, I got a little bit of a vibe from Sam that was, you know, Jack is still soulless. He was in the empty for weeks. We don't know where his head is. And from that, I got kind of a, can we, can we trust him? You know, what has Billy made him in all that time that, that he's been away from us? 
Yeah. And not only that, but they didn't end on a great note. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there was a lot of high tensions going on between Jack and the rest of the group. And so for him to come back and, again, be soulless, it, well, is he going to hold a grudge becomes the thing, too. Like, where is his morality in this? Because if he's soulless, what are his motivations? Does he sit on the same square as us as we need to take care of the God problem for the good of everyone? Yeah. And you're absolutely right in that, in that we have to remember how we ended last season because, because it was a lot of high tension. It was a lot of, um, it was it it was you know um a lot of pain in the the end of the season and a lot of anger um that wasn't really like resolved wounds, yeah like the wounds are still there they're yeah. still open they haven't healed yeah and and it and it absolutely wasn't resolved in any way other than with Jack's death, which isn't a resolution at all, and there was a lot of regret and remorse and then some healing that came following Jack's death but that's that's the kind of emotional healing that came separate from Jack himself, so exactly, so exactly. you just have to think about where Jack is. Yeah, and I think beyond that, Sam is still worrying about the cosmic consequences. Mm -hmm. Like, should Chuck be killed? I mean, he had the vision showing him that the darkness will overwhelm. But Cass has faith in Jack and then, by extension, Billy. And Dean can vouch saying that, well, I might not trust her, but I believe Billy is a stickler for rules and we can have faith in that. But there's also the question of the Malik box. Like she said it was supposed to happen this way and it didn't. So she is fallible, Sam's basically pointing out. And Mm -hmm. like, if all we're doing is planning according to shoulds and maybes and probabilities, like that's not good enough when it comes to defeating God. It's also so, uh, anathema. That's not how you say that word. Antithema. How do you say the word? Anathema. I I will take either one. I'm like I've seen the word. I, I, I I've I've heard the name. The curse of a reader. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it, that kind of uncertainty and just you know, f- f- you know, putting your putting your lot in behind faith is absolutely not what Sam could. It's just not how Sam operates. Um, and again, death is a cosmic grade figure and the last one you had faith in was god <laughs> like <laughs> you saw how that worked out and now you hear death like what does death want yeah but you know i really liked the sam and dean compare and contrast here on this issue because yes there's you know sam who is a very logical mind and and wants those you know concrete answers and 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 doesn't you know doesn't want to operate without knowing the plan but also as dean even brings up and talks about uh, 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 sam has no reason to uh, think anything about death other than other than all the ways that in his eyes she's 
screwed them over with with the Malik box and and with with their mom and Rowena Rowena I mean it, but but so I mean I think that Sam does have very like negative feelings towards this death but um to contrast Dean he says you know I've spent time with her I I've I know her and I know her well enough to not trust her, but believe in her. And, Mm -hmm. and I love uh, Dean's complicated relationship with death in all forms, but yes, but later in the episode, we get to see his first introduction with the original death. Yes. But yeah, he has, I would say, the more hands-on mm-hmm. experience in death's presence, but Sam is the one who experiences the consequences of mm-hmm. death's decisions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in Sam's eyes, he, I think, is taking a more objective view of things and not, and it's not coming out in the positive. It's not coming out in her favor. But Dean is saying that this is the only plan that they have and and sam's kind of outvoted here as well so well i think kind of the note that we're getting is we're this is where we're putting our eggs but like we don't have to sit in it 100 percent, depending on how things shake out with jack yeah like this is as good as we got right now but they'll keep their options open yeah dean says i don't like it either but but um to that question of like, is Jack a reliable ally in this? What is his mindset right now? We're getting these quick shots involving him in the library. He's looking pensively at Mary's initials carved into the table there. And we also see him in his room. And we find through the next actions that he was sending a silent prayer out to Billy, basically asking for guidance and not getting a response from her, but instead from his attending Reaper named Merle. Yeah. Yeah. One of um, Billy's Harlem of sarcastic women. Oh, I love them. It's gotta be like, the interview process for becoming a reaper is like you grab the paper you ball it up you throw it on the table and then you sit backwards on the chair and like what do you want and then billy's like i want you you're hired (laughs) yeah yeah and we have we have meryl um another reaper and um and she is answering jack's call because billy's busy so what's up kid and like i really like how we're seeing team free will 2.0 all four of them really grappling with faith but it's not faith in god it's faith in death because Uh jack is he's sending out the silent prayer because he needs answers he's like was billy going to save me when i was um at the gory like yeah when i was going to be killed by him because i needed Cass. And even Merle's in the dark for this. She's like, hey, Billy must have known. Hey, Billy must have known that too. Like, Billy operates such a black box around her. Yeah. No one really knows what's going on. 
Yeah. But Meryl says, uh, look, kid, just follow the rules. It, it's so black and white. Um, just follow the rules. Lie low, wait for instructions, and do not, under any circumstances, use your powers. Yep. That's the big no-no, ultimately. If we do what Billy says, if we don't use your powers, we should be off God's radar. Yep. So as this conversation's taking place, Sam has come through the hallway and he overhears Jack talking. Um, he knocks and enters, but Jack lies and doesn't. he says he wasn't talking to anybody. Yeah. So I was wondering, how did you read this lie? That's a good question, and not one that I really thought about, um, because because I think that one of my biggest beefs this episode was that I don't feel that we got a lot from Jack, a lot and a lot of development or a lot of insight in where he really stands right now in in his relationships with everyone else i i could see it Mm -hmm. i i think we got a lot of um yeah i want to say empathy but that's like not the word that i should be using if he's supposed to be soulless but we got we got emotion from him with all the things that happened later in the episode but um there there just wasn't a lot of like uh, uh uh story forward development in in what jack is doing uh, with this lie, <laughs> um, but but on this lie, I I I don't think that I took it as anything more than a general wariness because I'm thinking that Jack didn't want to be found. He was told not to interact with the Winchesters and, um. And he's having this conversation with Meryl that is his first word, even secondhand word, from Billy since this whole thing. And, and I mean, I, I just got the feeling that he wasn't supposed to tell the Winchesters anything about the plan. And now he, and now he's just back in the fold, but not yeah. sure how to, how to integrate back in i guess yeah i i agree that if i mean looking at billy knowing billy she's gonna be like i want to keep the winchesters out of the loop as long as possible because (laughs) they are famous for throwing a wrench in the works but when it comes to jack this episode i would definitely say the first watch i was having difficulty connecting it was like you were saying what is his motivations what is he doing what is he feeling and it was really this bit here, the keeping secrets thing. I felt it was more like he's having doubts. Like, bear with mm. me because this whole having faith in death thing, we just had Cass, Dean, and Sam discussing out loud. Like, how far can we go with this? Do we put our faith in this? And Jack is experiencing the same questions, but he has to go through it on his own, he feels, because he hasn't been reintegrated. I, and even though... Yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think to frame these two conversations in the, like, under the, the larger umbrella of, you know, faith in death. Um, 
and where each each of our um, protagonists falls on that. And and we had that Sam, Cass, and Dean conversation, but Jack as well, I think, is also, you know, questioning things, just as you said. But I didn't think about it that way the first time, the first watch. So yeah. yeah. And same here. I was like, oh, this is the opportunity to bring a Reaper in. But we see Jack like ruminating over what happened with Mary and the consequences there. And so we're given, I think, really quiet beats when it comes to his character. Nothing that's really screaming loud out at the television what mm-hmm. he's thinking or what he's motivated by. But just for Merle to show up and say like, you were longing to speak to Billy. Like you were thinking about that. You were dwelling on that. And I have to be here instead. Like I'm her voicemail. She's not within reach right now. (laughs) And you just have to accept that that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. But Sam, even in this conversation is, I would say doing the same thing that Jack is doing. Like Jack doesn't want to admit to having doubts or anything right now. And Sam doesn't want to admit to having doubts in Jack, but he even is questioning it. Like, you know that you could have come to us, right? Like, you know that we're there for you. You can talk to us, right? Like he is coaching these doubts that he has in language of, I don't doubt it. And I shouldn't, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely got that vibe. I mean, that that was... um, I did see what Sam was saying here as him probing uh, Jack and, as you said, putting his doubts to Jack and trying to, you know, get something back. Yeah, just suss out where Jack is because he is the big in the dark question for them. Yeah. But I think Sam is is being sincere when he says, like, we're just, we're really glad you're back. I do agree. I think it is just that fear that things could go sideways again that is making him so apprehensive as he's saying this. Yeah. Yeah. My only note here is, Sam, what the fuck is your face doing? But there was... (laughs) I guess there was nuance in what your face was doing, so. It felt like um, in 1419 when he had to convince Jack Mm. by lying to him, but he wasn't doing it convincingly in this round, and that's to his benefit because lying and saying everything was fine in 1419 ultimately just was incendiary to what happened afterwards. And him not putting on the best face in this moment, it speaks of honesty. And I think Jack can relate to that better. Or at least I can project myself onto Jack relating to that better. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's really good. That's a really, that's a really good read on things. That's um, something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really liked the starting beat here. And again, I'll say death and faith in the same sentence again at the end. Okay. (laughs) We cut to, I guess it's like this lounge area, one of the side areas of the library. Yeah, there, at first I thought it was like the chess table that's kind of up on the um the loft area uh but oh yeah no it's it, it 
I think there's a little sitting area in kind of a library nook. And we have a, a table and two lounge chairs, and we have a, a, a Dean and Cass who are sharing a drink. And I love the way this frame is shot. I, I oh, love me too. <laughs> I I I um I love the the shot where they both take up their drinks and cheers on it. And I'm like, okay, thank you, thank you, Richard. <laughs> Yeah, I just love when we get fresh angles to the settings that we've seen before and seeing the library in this angle, seeing our characters like sitting down and doing an official salute, basically, Mm -hmm. like cheers to each other over this because Cass is finally feeling sure footed again. Like he he has faith in Jack and it's been vindicated in his eyes because Jack is back and Cass feels like he's back on his path again. Yes, yes. He's saying, I I always knew that this couldn't be the end. When I was with Kelly, when Jack was born, I knew he was destined for great things. I just believed in it. And and when Jack died, I was as lost as I've ever been because, because that, because I felt that it couldn't have been over. It was, it was, it was just wrong that it was over like that. But here now I, I, I had that faith back and I now know that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And Cass having that faith in Jack, Dean will cheers to Cass basically being like, I was right. (laughs) And I just, I really like that moment of Cass being able to talk about his doubts, like just how wrong he felt at the start of the season and in contrast, how right he feels now. And for it to be a conversation he can have with Dean without it going to those terrible grounds that it went to in episode one and two and three it was just really warming to see Cass welcomed and listened to and to be appreciated because we don't often get to hear Cass say things with such conviction I mean it's been built into his storyline since he got here that he has doubts in the structure he's been born into and he really gets broken down throughout supernatural and it's only in the last couple of years we see him standing upright again and having mary die at the hands of jack it knocked him back again he just deflated and here we get to see him standing tall and feeling good in his faith again and it's just really nice yeah and and like you said when he was knocked back he had no support he had no recognition for that for that pain and that he was he was just left out to shore and um and here we have dean you know acknowledging him listening to him and congratulating him in a way um and and that is the kind of su- support that he was missing and and it, this feels like a little bit of lessons learned yes 
Yeah, that even if maybe Dean doesn't share the same conviction that Cass does in Jack, Dean can celebrate Mm -hmm. Cass having that confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Dean toasts to the confidence and then brings a second toast out to payback. Yeah, yeah. And the revenge will be sweet. Mm -hmm. But like, Cass doesn't need revenge. He will just be satisfied with Jack fulfilling his destiny. But Dean's kind of like elbowing him. Like, come on, you know, we got the icing on the cake if we do this. But it would feel good, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Come on, you can say it. Yeah, you wouldn't say no. (laughs) But, But, you know... Our bubble is popped, unfortunately, because um, Dean gets a phone call and he puts it on the speaker and um, it's Jody. And we yes. see, yes, and we see Jody. Um, she is tied and bloodied uh, in this barn that she was in before. And um, she tells Dean, I'm in trouble. Uh, Route to Fletcher Farm, the old barn. If you don't come, I'm dead. And that's all. That's all she's allowed to say. Yep. We get the phone hanged up on that ultimatum. And quick as a draw, we have the next scene showing Sam and Dean driving up to this Fletcher barn in Sioux Falls. And they get out. They go investigating with their guns out. I, I will say on that phone call, that shot that we had of Jody, I, I loved her murder eyes when the, when she Oh I know, hey. Yeah, when she got in, like she's like, I have a script and I'll follow it for now, but oh you've got a lot of pain coming for you. I've got a stern fuck you in my face. <laughs> yeah, her little nose scrunch. It was good. Oh I know, I love it. <laughs> So we have Sam and Dean rolling up to the old barn. Um, they come in, you know, checking their corners. Um, but when they go to free Jody, uh, the figure surprises Kaya, gets to jump on them. <laughs> yes. And so there's a scuffle with Dark Kaya here, and she ends up putting Dean into a headlock. And she starts making demands, first to get her spear back, but it's broke. Okay, well, you (laughs) promised me about getting me back home. And they're like, fuck you. You hurt Jody. Like, deals off. But even though they managed to get Dean freed from this headlock, Kaya is still demanding that they take her seriously. And she does have dire news for us. Yeah, yeah. She, she's saying, um, I, I have to go back. Um, my world is dying. I've seen it. And Dean is the one to ask, like, who do you have eyes on? You said that you have someone that you're protecting, mm-hmm. someone you care. And watching for. this, I was like, Remy, oh. I just, I was like, we need this information for Remy. She had all these <laughs> questions last year. I did. I had all of these questions when we saw uh, these, um, when this topic, I guess, was first raised in the spear uh, mm-hmm. in season 13. And 14. In season 14. Always went off. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to put the episode in there, but then I was like, oh, I'll get it wrong. At least I can get the season right. Wrong. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, so, so Kaya did, you know, give us a little glimpse into her past, her history, her motivations, um, in that episode in season 14. And we're bringing, we're bringing it back now. And, 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 uh, Dean is now demanding answers. And Kaya says, it's her. It's, it's Kaya. Um, yeah, it's our Kaya alive yes. in the bad place. Yes, yes. She was left alive in the bad, or she was left. Dark Kaya left her. And I'm going to yell at her later when she's yelling at Jack, like, you you made her go. And I'm like, you left her there, bitch. I'm like, you stabbed her. <laughs> but, but so we, so, so Jody is oh my god is the one that reacts most strongly to this news she's horrified yes to find out that they left kaya behind yes she is horrified is the right word yeah yeah and we get a little glimpse along the lines of what dark kaya would be seeing which is Mm -hmm. Our Kaya huddled around a fire. She's singing nursery rhymes to herself, eating lizard while this terrible thunderstorm is raging around. When when we were watching the episode, um, you know, we had the lizard in the in the cage, and mm-hmm. I don't know if my husband Tyler was just not really paying attention, but he to you know kaya sitting at the fire eating lizard parts but he's like oh she has a pet i'm like oh honey (laughs) (laughs) she had more pets before (laughs) i I didn't have the heart to break it to him i was like yeah it's company okay (laughs) my sweet summer child (laughs) bless but yeah um yeah we we see that kaya is um is alive in the bad place and 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 that's what dark kaya is saying we share our, we've like for her whole life she shared her life her memories her dreams with this you know with our world's kaya and now that's continuing on with with kaya in the bad place and through yes. our kaya um Dark Kaya. Can you tell that I just absolutely love this naming convention? Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Dark Kaya has seen that. Yeah. Dark Kaya is still sharing memories with our Kaya and it's just haunting her. And I'm yes. assuming there's some heavy guilt behind yeah. this too that. She's not showing. She's letting it be anger, but yes. ultimately, like, she's quite desperate that they help her save Kaya. Yeah. And it is, I absolutely agree with that. Um, it is a crushing guilt that she's deflecting onto others or transforming into, you know, anger at the situation. But yeah, she, she is ultimately responsible for Kaya's current predicament. And like you said, it's haunting her literally in her dreams. And, um, and dark Kaya is seeing that the world is basically dying. It's collapsing in on itself. And Kaya is running out of time. Yeah. So on that dire note, we cut back to the bunker and we're going to find out that Sam and Jody are coming down the stairs. But presently Uh we see 
Jack and Cass playing Connect Four. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm fucking dead. The little fist pound that Cass does sends me. I I've gained five years of life just from the fact that he's like a poor sport about losing. And then and then he he reasons it out. He's like, okay, so I see that you have four tiles in the same color connected, which ergo by the name of the game, I assume, means that I lost. So I'm like, this is a lot of fancy talk for sore loser. <laughs> sore loser. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I loved it so much. And and when I watched it live, my local network fucked up somewhere because um because I actually on TV this scene opened up with um the boys entering the bunker and greeting Jody. Um, sorry, no, the other way around. Uh, uh, the boys and Jody entering the bunker, and then Jody greeting Cass. So, um, my first watch, I didn't even know that Connect Four existed. Okay, so oh my god, you got a surprise treat on rewatch. Yes, on the rewatch today, I was like, "What is this? And why is it amazing?" I know. Oh, I love it. I love it. It was a gift. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So as I was saying, after Connect Four, um, we we have um, uh, Sam, Dean, Jody, and Kaya returning to the bunker, and Sam and Jody come are the first to enter, and we have this you know this moment we've all been waiting for. We have Jody and um, Castiel greeting each other in person. <laughs> Yes, their first in-person meeting. Yeah, yeah. Cass has his soft eyes on, and he says, it's fi- it's nice to finally meet you in person. Yeah, and, like, Kim has Jody's little face wrinkled, too. I love it. <laughs> and behind, behind them, um, uh, well, Cass asks, so what happened? And, uh, and here are Dean and Kaya, and and uh dun 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 we have yep. questions dark kaya just has eyes honed straight on jack mm-hmm. but the gang reconvenes offside and they're discussing okay so what do we do but ultimately they agree that jack can't use his powers to save kaya but they'll figure out another way to do it and like they they're still sitting there saying it's our fault we have to do something. She's our responsibility. So Cass and Jody are going to check the inventory and Sam, Dean, and Jack are going to check the lore. Yeah, yeah. And and Cass is gonna call Sergei, see if Yeah. See if he has any we, more Archangel Grace. Our one remaining spellcaster. Hey, hey, we um, have Sam. Hey, I oh I know, but like <laughs> we can't call Sam for Sam's problems. <laughs> true okay Mm -hmm. but 
Dark Kaya is really impatient. They need to act now. She's like, you have the boy. You have the special boy. Make the special boy do the thing. (laughs) And Jody is just so pissed. She's like, I get to decide what we're doing with her, right? And so (laughs) apparently Jody votes that they chain her to the kitchen table and make her read Cosmo. (laughs) Uh, Amber had least 20 best, brightest skincare tips. Oh, bless. I mean, in this day and age. <laughs> I I do have to wonder whose magazine it was. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I doubt I doubt Jody had it stashed away in her patrol car. Oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> I'm like Oh my god, Remy, the possibilities right there. I'm like <laughs> galaxy braining myself right now. I mean, maybe she got bored on, you know, uh, 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 radar duty. Well, I'm just like, is this cast picking up magazines? Maybe Jack? Like, Sam? I mean, I, he would want to know hair routines. I saw I saw Dean? one Tumblr post that was, it's got to be Dean's. No one's 40 and that beautiful. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I could accept that, definitely. <laughs> but I also like to think that it's Cass or Jack who was sent to the uh, the gas station to pick up some m- magazines, some girly magazines, and uh, mm-hmm. and came back with the wrong kind of girly magazines. So, <laughs> Oh my god, Remy, write the fic. I won't. I won't. I shan't. Cast reading Cosmos. Okay, I'm fine with this. <laughs> it's this gonna, is not it's great. <laughs> this isn't a fixation at all. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, um, uh, Kaya has Amber Hadley, uh, mm-hmm. and she's not impressed. We got the tips. Yeah, yeah. And then we go to the library. Jack is flipping through books, and he thinks that he's found a candidate for a spell they could use the world bender but it's too bad that john has made one of the regions extinct (laughs) i'm Uh, like list of crimes john westchester has committed (laughs) (laughs) a a hunt in fargo and i liked how in the closed captioning that um uh, uh that journal entry that sam is talking about was um in quotes and capitalized like it's a fucking uh, 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 personal essay yeah yeah a hunt in fargo oh it it made me by john winchester by john winchester (laughs) i had the same thoughts plus (laughs) and yeah so the 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 monster they need the um what was it the liver of a mandragora um but Mm -hmm. but those aren't around anymore so that's not gonna work and and um i would say that jack is not just um disappointed he's frustrated Uh, yeah this was kind of his his like you know it, it was it was a tipping point kind of for him and i think that dean realized it and basically told jack to go take a walk but yes in a nicer way but <laughs> yeah it it definitely had the feeling of 
you know, how about you go play outside with your friends here? And then once mm. he's at the door, like Sam and Dean look at each other and are like, okay, we have jack shit and like we're not yeah. getting anywhere. This doesn't look good. Yeah. But we don't want to say it in front of the kid because he's already trying so hard and like he's put his heart into his research and it's not working out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, um, Dean, I think, was recognizing, uh, uh, this is something that he, uh, that Jack really cares about and, um, and it's not looking good. So. Yeah. I agree. But, so, yeah. He is doing what, what he was told by Dean, you know, go and check on Jody and Cass, but he never actually comes inside the door. Instead, we have cast leaving sergey voicemails while jody is searching through a table full of ingredients none of which are labeled and all of which are obscure talk about thick ideas we have li- we have jody standing in front of a table and she's like okay well here's the handful of uncatalogued magical items that you guys have but i can't look up what they are i don't know what they do and i'm like this is every fic ever i'm thriving is there a truth totem in there like we may as well say there is boom (laughs) there we go where's the sex pollen i'm sure it's on the table well it'll be there once we're in the nc-17 section of the show (laughs) it's only 40 minutes i guess we didn't get to see it Yeah, I was like, ooh, ooh, uh, my ears perked up. Uncatalogued magical items, you say? (laughs) This final season is just the gift that is giving. Like, we're getting glimpses to the alternate realities. (laughs) We're getting... Jody meets Cass. We're getting the conclusion to the wayward arc. Like, they're just giving us candy. They're like... We're, we we got to close down the store in an hour, guys. So just, <laughs> we're blowing it out. Everything's on sale. Everything, everything must go. Yeah. Yes. I mean, honestly, there's there's so many little drops of goodness in every episode. Um, it's something that's really standing out this season. So yes. good. Yes. And. Especially this little bit here. I so love. Mm. Cass is asking if Claire has been advised of the situation. Like, does she know that Kaya is alive? But Jody says that Claire's out of cell range in Yosemite, ironically chasing a lead on Dark Kaya. Mm-hmm. And she turns pensive about this and she's reflecting on how Claire reacted when Kaya first died. Yeah. And and she says that Claire would give anything for a chance to save her, but but there's just no time to loop her in. And what if they fail? It would just it would just be devastating. Yeah, I mean Claire has dedicated the past years to trying to avenge Kaya, so this is such a fixation on her. Like she's going yeah. down John Winchester territory here, and Jody's just saying. Like, if we fail this, this is going to absolutely destroy her. Yeah, yeah. And, um, no, that's later. I was going to say, and, and Cass, um, wait, what does Cass say to this? I don't, does, does he say something? 
Not really, because okay, okay, I think later. what we're taking from it is we're seeing Jody and the weight and we're hearing how hard it is for Claire. And then we're to take the impression that Jack has heard this yes. because he doesn't come into the room. Instead, he goes to check on Dark Kaya and tries to make some awkward small talk and she just has no patience for it. She doesn't want to hear his apologies and... She just starts laying into him, basically. Yeah, this is where she's saying, um, I I saw you. You encouraged her, Kaya, to to go to the bad place. She was scared and and you pushed her to cross over. She's there because of you. And yes. and she's really leaning into Jack on this. And I'm just like, Kaya, what? What what are you what are you fucking saying? You left her there. She's there because you stabbed her. She's there because you left like you literally walked away from her and and she she is so projecting is oh, what yeah. she's doing. Like she, oh, yeah. that guilt that she has is like you, you, you. And yeah. Jack is willing to take it because he goes and agrees with her he says yeah because of me like she's going to die and it's going to be my fault yes and jack is the one who actually poses a question back to her that is really important like why did you come over like if you are so adamant about getting back why would you even come here in the first place yeah, and Kaya says it's because I I envied her. I envied Kaya. Um, her world seemed peaceful, um, and and I wanted what she had, and that's what she did. She she did a freak. Uh, she did a switcheroo, um, but the but there were consequences to that. Kaya is now suffering in the bad place, a place that she's ill-equipped to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. and this dark Kaya is just the same ill-equipped to survive this world. And she recognizes that she sees that, and she's been struggling with that alone for years now. Yeah. She even says this world doesn't want me and she doesn't understand it. She's just hiding in the corners of it. And it's not a life that she wants to lead. And I do think that... It is just, again, that plus the guilt, the haunting dreams, all of these things. It's like, she will not know peace until she makes amends about this. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm really, I'm really getting, you know, dark Kaya here. I did, I I will, I I did cut myself on that edginess, but, um, like, (laughs) Ah, that sings. Um, she she didn't have the emo bangs going on, but yeah. Um, but... Give her a minute. Give her some scissors. She'll do. <laughs> um, but but I I do sympathize with her, and um, and it's it's also kind of like um, she's a sympathetic character in that she is just angry and alone and lashing out and ill-equipped to deal with this world so so we want we want to help her and and to make matters worse on on the you know on the oh i don't want to care about you but i i'm starting to she takes uh she grabs at jack's hands and she she starts begging him yes and this seems so 
atypical for her. Like we yeah. wouldn't expect her to get to this point, but it just shows how important this is to her that yes. she will beg him, like, help me, please help us. Yeah, help and us. she grabs Jack's hands as she's doing mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, she says, help, help us. Um, you're, you're the only one who can. And she's, she's mm-hmm. desperate for it. Yeah. And Jack is, he's swayed by this. He, I'm like, he breaks the rules, but just little a bit. <laughs> and views dark Kaya's memories to see the state that Kaya is in. And it it's enough to sway him. He's convinced. And he storms into the next scene, going to Sam and Dean in the library. And he announces he owes it to Kaya and he is saving her. And... They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> we just sent you to go talk to Jody and Castle. Like, the fuck is this? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And Jack's like, we have to save Kaya. I saw it. I saw the danger that she's in. And Sam's the one to clue in, like, wait, did you, did you break curfew? Did you dreamwalk? Yeah. <laughs> Young man. Like, are you serious? Did you use your powers while you weren't supposed to? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, Jack is like, yeah, I know, but like, it's the right thing to do. And that's all Merle needs to hear before yeah. she steps out of the curtains being like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> yes. Are you fucking serious? One measly life on the line and you're willing to throw it all away you're (laughs) you're that's not just dumb that's winchester dumb yes trademark 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 tm 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 fucking dean fucking jensen just so much offense taken from this hey but like honestly it's their trademark risking the world for one life dean winchester you gotta know that's you. Like, you're the definition. Yeah, yeah. And Jack just says, like, I don't care. Again, it's the right thing to do. And Meryl's like, all right, okay, well, you do that and I'll tell death. I'll go to mom. And- yeah. <laughs> and Jack's basically like, yeah, but it'll. I'll be able to do things while you're running there and back. Like, you can't <laughs> stop me if you ain't here. And Billy's busy, so it'll take you some time. And how do you think Billy will feel if we do this while you're not watching? And Merle's just like, fuck, you're right. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And and then Trump card, Jack says, yeah, we could do that. We could have some mutually assured destruction here. Or you could help us. You could help us find the safest, uh, smartest way to pull this off, and death never has to know. Yes. Basically, perform damage mitigation for us, and then mom and dad will find out, and uh-huh. we'll be fine. Like, yeah, you're the babysitter who let me eat 20 cookies, and now I'm vomiting, but... but- that was a horrible, horrible <laughs> little <laughs> analogy there, but I took it and I ran with it. Um, but, 
But you could just, you know, if you give me some 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 Pepto Bismol and mop up the bathroom, no one will ever have to know. Like, just do us a solid, and we'll do you a solid by not being as Winchester stupid as we could be. Oh man! And here, here is where we get the distinction between Winchester dumb and Winchester stupid. Because please, Remy, educate us. <laughs> yes. Because Meryl then says, well, now, that is Winchester stupid. And immediately Dean says, but, but, oh, oh, I got, yeah, oh, I, I see you. Eyes emoji. What you going to say? <laughs> but it might just work. And, and see, now, willing to risk the world for one person that's that's just that's just dumb that's winchester dumb but but you know tricking death to give you his ring and then you know killing lucifer on a hope and a prayer that that that's winchester stupid yeah it's the crazy like a fox moment that they can have there where they're swaying people against their own good interests Uh to do what the winchesters are hoping in the greater interests of the Winchesters plus one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I loved Bless it. Them. It was so good. They have they have such a talent for it. Th- this scene, this scene though, I will just have to say, and I it's through the whole episode, but but yeah. M- Meryl, I liked you, but I do have just one, one bone to pick, and that is that you are such a fucking theater kid. I can't watch you act. Oh, really? I, it's it's hilarious because it's in the way she enunciates that I, I'm just like, I need to look up your IMDb because I bet 95% of it is fucking plays and theater. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sometimes- See, I... <laughs> I didn't catch any of that, but I'm also wasn't like fully exposed to theater kids. Every every once in a while, you get an actor that I'm like, "You're such a fucking nerd," and <laughs> and she was she she was one of them. But I'm like, okay, okay, I like I like the way that you put your hands in your pockets enough to let it slide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. And- That's it. And how did you feel about the next topic that she moves on to? The warding in the bunker. Oh. Oh, my heart. Um, I I thought of you again. I was like, (laughs) Remy's going to die on this. (laughs) I I have, uh, uh, in in many a Discord chat... um, spun some head cannons about the the cosmic warding that Meryl's now talking about. She says, um, well, okay, the way that we could do this theoretically is if we can restore, temporarily restore the cosmic warding that Amara tore down in season eleven and you dummies never even bothered to try to fix and again dean's like hey but so much offense 
Yeah, yeah. But Marrow's like, no, you couldn't even if you tried. This this stuff is 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 just foundational uh, to. Yeah, she, she said you guys did the demon monster yeah. warding, but you didn't think outside of that box. You know, she's taking it to the cosmic level. Yeah. Well, and she's also saying you don't even have the power to touch what it would take to actually restore this warding, this, like you said, at the cosmic level. Um, But, which again, I'm not going to think about my fic that had Sam and Rowena working together to restore the bunker warding. It's just not... Sticks my leg (laughs) (laughs) But... But yeah, they they can't they can't restore the warding permanently. But but with with a little bit of with a little bit of jerry rigged magic, uh, as Sam put it, um, they can they can get it up just long enough to, um, uh, fingers crossed, mask what they're trying to do, mask this portal for they for the time that it's going to take to get Kaya back. Yes. They'll do what we see in this next scene here. They perform a spell, which reveals the warding symbols around the bunker. And what Merle and Cass are going to do is basically touch a piece of rubble. (laughs) And using, I would say, like, Merle's representing the death aspect of it. And Cass is representing the heaven angelic aspect of it, but their two powers are kind of feeding into this spell that they'll shield the higher levels from being able to see Jack tearing open a rip to the bad place. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that because what I was um thinking of uh of Meryl and Cass as being what was the um what's the word I'm looking for? It's not the touchstones, but when you have a when you have a spell you have like the grounding um the the like um the the beacon the home beacon um for for the spell. Um and and I like that um what you said that I didn't think of the heaven and death uh, kind of balancing act on on anchoring this spell. It's a fucking anchor. That's what I was fucking. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Nice, nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sam and Dean they are getting their guns ready, kind of put their backpacks on, and they're like, "Yeah, it's a big stupid risk, but it feels right <laughs> that doing the dumb right thing is their brand, and they're back on it, baby." Yep, yep. Um, and and I did like that. Um, so when Sam is saying this, this feels like the right thing um this feels like us it feels like we're back um uh, we did you know cut to jack and in sam saying that and it was it was kind of a we're all back together you know well, there's I been notice that yeah yeah sam does look to jack and um and there's just been so much i mean it's only been two episodes since um even uh Cass and Dean repair their relationship. Uh, our family has been scattered. I know it's been a long time, but we haven't really 
a long time in that it's been a while since we've had an episode. It's been a while since you and I have talked about it and really like, like all this space between episodes makes us forget. Um, I think what we like the, the struggles that we've been having. Um, yeah. What kind of timelines our characters are operating on? Yeah. Yeah. And, and our, our family, Sam's family has been scattered to the four winds and now we're all back together. Yes. And the question that we had at the beginning of the episode, you know, is Jack an ally? What is his viewpoint? What is he like as soulless and returning to us? And we're getting the answer. He believes in making amends for things he's done wrong. And Mm -hmm. he believes in rescuing the innocent like he is on the same page as them yeah yeah i like that yeah yay i didn't think about it that way i just thought that he was looking to jack as you know like oh the gang's back together but also yeah that was um sam finding his answer to the questions that he had earlier in the episode i love that yeah yeah like billy will still be out there as the question Mm -hmm. of can we trust this ally? But the closer question of, can we trust Jack? Mm -hmm. He has an answer to that. Yeah. Sam's finding his faith again. Yeah. Um, uh, And, and right here from Sam and Dean talking together uh, behind them, uh, having a separate conversation is uh, Cass and Jody. And Jody is packing her go bag she's got she's loading her gun and she's uh saying to Cass um hey thanks for staying behind keeping an eye on the reaper and Cass says well actually about that I'd I'd kind of I'd like it if you were to stay as well yes and what comes out here is more introspection on how Cass still thinks of Claire and feels the need to atone to her because he's saying here, like, I've tried to make amends and like, I will never make amends. But the one thing that he's thinking here is that for Claire's sake, could Jody stay behind? Because she's already lost Kaya. And I know you said earlier that, Losing Kaya again will kill her, but that's not what will be. If Claire loses Kaya and you, the family she has found in you, like the rock she has found in you, Jody, that will kill her. Please stay back. Yes, yes. Um, so this is where I got a little confused with where um Cass was bringing in um his concerns for Claire in the last scene that we had with Cass and Jody. And also, hello, one episode with three Cass and Jody scenes. That's three more than we ever had before. So I know, right? Yay. But yeah, here Cass is saying like I um uh I was never able to make things right with Claire, but I'm grateful that she found you. You B, you just said that um, Jody is the rock that if Claire lost, she would she would she would lose herself. But um, 
I, I love that. And I'm just thinking like seasons nine, 10, when Cass first came back into Claire's life, like he wanted nothing more than to be able to be Claire's rock. But yes. he, he couldn't be that. And, and I think that he recognized that he couldn't be that. And, oh, it's so, it's so hard. It's such a complicated relationship. And that complexity, I mean, I just love Cass for it, that he has that capacity to look outside of his need to atone, his desire to fix things with Claire. I mean, Cass looks at it and goes, no. He says, or he realizes that if he is in Claire's life, he is causing her pain. Mm. And his ultimate goal is not for himself. It is not for selfish reasons that he needs to atone, but it is for Claire's sake alone. And so even though he can't really have the presence he hopes for in her life, he still advocates on her behalf and he still does everything he can to protect her from harm. He has such value in what that means for Claire and just what can he do in service to her. And it's just so unselfish and I could rant and rave about it for ages, but it just breaks my heart and I adore Cass as a character for it. Yes, yes. And and that's that's really what it is or what it started as um in nine and ten, um, when when Cass was having these thoughts about, you know, what kind of impact he had on the lives of the people around Jimmy Novak when when he first took Jimmy as a vessel. Um, yes. And, and in the years that followed, um, it, it was atonement. He was clinging to Claire, um, or he was determined to to make things right and and to and to be something positive for Claire um at the beginning and it was you know driven by the need to atone but along the way he came to like really truly and unselfishly care for her and it's it's such a nuanced relationship it's such a complex relationship and it's something that is really um subtextual Yes, because even look at the timing that it was taking place. Like it was in season nine that Cass lost his grace and he had his first actual experience of what humanity is like. And although he had a return to grace when it came time to be in season 10, I mean, he had enough exposure to what it was like, the human experience to know that there was wrongs committed like something that the angels we don't see a lot of them having that perspective of what do what does my presence do to my vessel and the lives around my vessel we have Cass finally questioning that and looking at the complexities and deciding that his actions were wrong 
or mm. that his actions caused harm and that is a harm he needs to address. Like, I don't know. I just really like the timing for bringing that up throughout Supernatural and then the evolution of Claire through it mm-hmm. and Cass by proxy. Mm-hmm. And at that time... For Claire, she was, you know, as you said yesterday, we talked about this a lot yesterday, actually, in the after talk. Yes. Um, how incendiary uh, Cass's presence was for Claire, who yeah. was this angry, lost, and alone teenager who, you, you know, like you said, Cass's presence in her life was was hurting her, which is the exact opposite of what Cass wanted for yeah, her. Because Claire, at that point, she was looking for a mother. She was looking for a father. She was trying to find some rock to cling to, yeah. and here is the face of her father. And yeah. she's like, anybody but that. Like, I can't take that. That it cannot be here. Well, I'm like this. Like, it's just too much for her. And as much as Cass was trying to correct it, it was just inflaming things for her. She just couldn't leave the pain with him present. And they came to a better note at the conclusion of kind of them seeing each other. But it was through great hardship and like personal struggle that Claire was able to embrace Cass. Yeah, and I think that it was intentional and the right thing to do that Cass removed himself it physically from yes. from her life. If if that is you know we we don't really know all all of their interactions, all of their communications, but it, it, one interpretation of it is to is is that you know. For some period of time, Cass did remove himself from Claire um, physically so that she's not looking into the face of her father. But we do know that they were still in communication. They're still talking, still texting. Um, I, 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 I like to think that he still sent her, you know, Hot Topic packages yes. for her birthday. Yes. <laughs> um, every year. But yeah, it's it's they. I, I absolutely 100% do believe that they have maintained a relationship. Uh, yeah. And to that effect, I would say, like, this episode gives the impression, like, Cass is deferring to Jody. Does Claire know? Yeah. So to me, that reads as Cass is there if Claire needs him. He's not going to go to her in the fear of causing her harm, but he will be there if she needs him. Right. So he's just like, drop of a hat, I'll be there, but I'll let you be the one who decides how this goes. And he also recognizes that um, that Jody is her, you know, her main her parent care- yeah her main caretaker and and who he should defer to um in situations as these and um even if he's not as involved in claire's life as as he he might have wanted to be um it's it's because it's 
what's best for her. Even if he is removed from her, um, he still very much cares for her well-being. Yes. She is still in his thoughts. Yes. And, I mean, all of this is the subtextual that we get to take from this interaction between him and Jody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Through that whole thing, I was like, how is the best way for me to say that he's like the the crazy, fun, drunk uncle that she... (laughs) That she can call when she needs to be picked up from a party, but but <laughs> is not necessarily someone that is good for her. Anyways, yeah, again, like, so, so subtextual, but I think there's a lot of supporting, you know, evidence. We're seeing it. We're not reaching for it. We're, we're being shown it in these little interactions. But ultimately, Jody agrees with Cass's perspective on this impact to Claire. Yes. And so she'll stay and Cass thanks her for understanding. Yes. So with the warding all juiced up, Jack opens the rift. Dark Kaya, Sam, and Dean go into it and they exit into a howling wind in the bad place. And Dark Kaya leads the way. Uh, straight into a pack of Jawas. Basically, these (laughs) red-eyed creatures. And Sam and Dean are like, okay, do we fight them? And Dark Kaya's like, nah, you will fucking die. Yeah, they are surrounded. There's dozens of these in the in the in the in the surrounding woods. And and you know, yes, I did have to Google um Star Wars sand gremlins to you know, pull that little <laughs> Jawas reference right there. But you did it. <laughs> but I did it. But these little Jawas, they're not here to pick a fight. They mm-hmm. are scared. They are fleeing this storm that is a brewing around them. Yes. Yeah. So they're able to proceed on their route, and Dark Kaya finds her home, and Sam starts calling for Kaya rather than going to the door. And she steps out. <laughs> She sees them. Dean is the closest to her and he does a little hey kid and she just goes up to him and gives him like the biggest hug. She's so glad to be seeing them to know that there's a familiar face in this world again. Yeah, man, that did melt my heart even though <sighs> even though Dean did pull a gun on her that one time. But yeah, Bobo was talking about this on Twitter and he said that it is speaking ultimately that Dean, Dean is a hero and he has done his fuck ups, but he is there to save her. Like he is there Mm -hmm. to do good for her and she can see that like it's, it's a complicated history and I kind of still wish Dean got slapped on the wrist for what he did, but I also don't think that he rests lightly knowing he did that. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. It was even brought up again in the recap. Um, and he, and, you know, we saw him get his uh, slap on the wrist from Dark Kaya in the scar. 
But um, it yeah, we we, <laughs> I, you know you know what I think I think that um uh the hut was just very heavily trapped all around it, so that's why Sam had to do a holler instead of. I'll take it. I'll so. backflip for that. <laughs> and but yeah, Dean. keeps his distance but we get to see kaya kind of do a physical manifestation of forgiveness in that she goes up to him and hugs him yeah we have that moment but the winds are howling right yep and we got to go and so the three of them take off but dark kaya refuses to join them Mm. she will stay and die in her world and she just yells at them to go and they're like, okay, cool. You didn't have to tell us twice. Ugh. And they run back to the rift and the rumbling storm sweeps in and we have a fade to black over Dark Kaya. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kaya, Titanic, you know, embraces the uh, uh, arms out, which is why I said Titanic, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately was like, is she Rose or Jack when it comes to that door? I'm not pulling it, Remy. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm in the water with you. I'm like, where is she sitting? (laughs) My bad. I um I I am not a wordsmith, uh, uh, but I think you guys like me anyway. So (laughs) I know I do. (laughs) I do not weave those metaphors with any sort of death deafness. Um, but (laughs) she she just says yellow i'm i'm done i'm done it so. wouldn't be yolo it okay. was yodo yodo <laughs> i i could have done without the the dark kaya suicide but but um you know there's only five episodes left but mm, yeah poor kaya poor poor jawas yeah. you didn't deserve yeah. that Bobo was kind of saying that if Wayward Sisters had been picked up, and again, RIP, but if it had been picked up, the story would have culminated with the rescue of Kaya and the uh-huh. death of Dark Kaya. And so I take from this as being, we're getting as close to a season as he can give us mm-hmm. within the structure of Supernatural, knowing that Sam and Dean and their struggles are the ultimate focus mm-hmm. of this show. And, I mean, Dark Kaya is a tragic figure. She coveted the life that Kaya had, and yet when she approached it, it was so foreign that it it frightened her. Like, she says she... hides in the shadows of this world and this world doesn't want her and so even though it is going to end in her demise she still embraces her world and the life she would have had on it had she never jumped at the chance to kind of steal her twin's fate yeah and no one no one mourns um wayward sisters more than the supernatural cast and crew i yes. i think and i really love that bobo got to got got to say his piece and that you know kim 
I'm thinking of Kim mainly in that she's been very vocal about about how how much she would have loved to have you know seen this project through um yeah and and i'm glad that they got to i'm glad that supernatural got to have a curtain call episode for wayward yeah and i love that like jensen advocated for this story conclusion as well like bobo Mm. again on twitter i keep quoting but well not quoting no that's good he said that jensen like brought this to the table as one of those hanging threads that they wanted to see tied up in the last season yeah and so like we can thank the cast and crew like you said they they love wayward it's just a tragedy that we didn't actually get to see yeah. it come to light yeah and 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 yeah, I didn't get to read that Bobo thread, and um, you know, now I probably will go and and see what Bobo had to say about it all. Yeah, I just love them. I love how open they are talking about the series, and from what I can gather, this sounds like this will be Kim's last appearance in Supernatural too. So, oh. we kind of get a goodbye for her character in this episode. Oh man. I know. It's hard to think about things in that way. Like it's no. one thing for the last appearance of Garth, but another thing to be like, and that was Jody. There's no way. It's funny because at the end of my notes here, I do say like bye Kaya. Because because this you know, I I see this is now the end of Kaya's storyline. Yeah, um, the dark Kaya arc is over. Yeah, yeah. And and then and then, you know, our world's Kaya gets her happily ever after as well. But for Jody to never come back, I would <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Kim was saying her goodbyes on Twitter last night. So. Oh god i know it's different it's different <laughs> i want to rewatch it now oh so so let's so so let's actually go forward with this episode and and before yes. we start talking about the end um yes we are back in the library jody is nervously watching the rift mm-hmm. and sam and then the dean and kaya combination appear and Jody, she is right there with the biggest hug for Kaya. And Kaya just leans into it. She, you could see her full body sag with yes. relief. Yes, yes. Very, very tender reunions. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a quick time jump here where Jack is waiting for Kaya to come into the room. And she's wearing some of his hand-me-downs. <laughs> and he's like, they fit kind of but it's good <laughs> and kaya's just happy they're clean yes yes kaya's been dealing with the same t-shirt for two years now she's 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 happy yes and he asks her how she was able to survive alone and she mentions the nursery rhyme that she repeated and it sounds like it has a close connection to her because of her mother but mm-hmm. she doesn't open up beyond that she still is kind of closed off mm-hmm. it it was surreal to through this episode here miss mary mac um as the nursery rhyme that that kaya had been uh oh uh, yeah humming to herself yeah just because it's like 
it it that was one of the things that like I as a kid jumped rope to. So there's a there's a handful of them, right? But Miss Mary Mac, it it's like you know, there's not a horror movie out there that that hasn't <laughs> bastardized a, a nursery rhyme in some way. But um, but this is the first one that was like a like a '90s kid. Uh, <laughs> Miss Mary Mac Mac Mac, all dressed in black, 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 with silver buttons, 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 all down her back, 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 and uh, so on and so forth. <laughs> I'm like, I know that one. I know that one. I didn't. So I was like, girl, you're just mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> I I knew it. Next next she should have been singing um Mickey Mouse had a house what color was it? it no. Nope. No. Don't go okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, Kaya says Miss Mary Mac is was was my was my anchor. Um she she starts to say something about, you know, her history and her mom and uh and what it meant to her uh but she yeah, you know, never mind. It's <sighs> wayward. Mm-hmm. Wayward. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> and when she's offered this invitation to Sioux Falls, Kaya kind of shyly goes, "Will Claire be there?" Oh my god! And Jody goes, "She will be soon." So, dream hunters. That was so fucking cute. It was just so fucking cute. It was so cute. Mm. Bless. Bless. Yeah. And then bye, Kaya. Yeah. She thanks Team Free Will 2.0. And then she and Jody leave the bunker. Yeah. Yeah. And from there, we return to an unimpressed Reaper in the library. <laughs> Merle's basically like, if I had a heart, it would be breaking. But yeah, she's yeah. not. Yeah, if I actually cared, I guess you could call that a win. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but bye, Meryl. Yeah, she basically has enough time to let us know, you know, if the warding didn't work, they'd be dead. And since they're not dead, they must have been fine. Yeah. But she spoke too soon because Billy super kills her. Billy super kills her. <laughs> she was turned to sand. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then fucking Jack. Oh, Billy. I tried to call you. <laughs> oh my and she's God. just I know. I was busy. <laughs> and now we have Lisa on screen and I am ascending. Mm-hmm. She is so good. And like if we started this episode with a villain monologue, we are ending with a gray area protagonist monologue here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say it is like a, a well, I was going to say it's a, it's a rallying cry. It's a hopeful note, but it's not really because everyone seems super intimidated by what she's saying. Oh, yeah. Like they're all back straight posture clear heads down you know like they look like they've been scolded and she is chastising them she's like merle failed we are only as strong as our weakest link and you guys aren't paying attention to the big picture i am 
And so she is like seeing these things that they're not upholding. Like you guys are worried about one girl in one world. Well, newsflash, all of the other worlds are dying. Yeah. And all of them, but ours. And Cass does the two plus two and says, you know, Chuck is the one who is wiping the slate clean. Yeah. Yeah. And Billy is saying, yeah, he is, he's wiping the slate clean for the end. He is preparing for the end game and you guys need to focus in because, um, the stakes are beyond this one girl. Yes. The stakes are beyond this one girl in my end game is the death of God himself. Yeah. Well, Sam asks Mm -hmm. her, like, he is our placeholder here for the doubts, you know? They've been told, Mm -hmm. have faith, stick to it. And, like, can we have faith in another cosmic deity? And he gets the opportunity to go to her. Like, well, what is your end game? We need to know. And here's where Billy essentially monologues that within death's library is a book for everyone and there is a book for god because everything dies and we get that beautiful season four callback where death the old death said as much to dean years and years ago even god will die and i will reap him too yeah and Cass is the one who asks why God would allow that. You know, why would he make himself have a book too? But Billy answers that the books write themselves and God building himself into the framework was necessary if he wanted to leave worlds running after he left them. Yeah. And it was almost unintentional that God, you know, has his own book because if he wanted to build this great infinite universe, then he had to weave himself into it. And that is his one weakness. That is how he can and will die. Yeah. Is part of the machine. The machine creates his death book as well. Yeah. And only Billy knows what's inside of the books. So this means that Chuck has no insight into what her game plan might be. He doesn't know how he would die. Only Billy knows. And so, like Dean said at the beginning of the episode, she plays close to the chest. You know, she's not a cards up type of character. And if all they need to know is that Jack is part of the plan, and so are Sam and Dean. They are destined to be the heralds of God's destruction. Ooh, shivers. Dun, dun, dun. I saw one post on Tumblr was like, if I was told that I was the messenger of God's destruction, I would need at least three naps. How did the Winchesters do it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I could just picture like millennial generation Z reaction to it of being like, yeah, okay, like whatever. (laughs) Let's just get this over with. But but like I said, this is this is supposed to be like a rallying cry but honestly they just look they just look intimidated to hell like well yeah she's like wake the fuck up and look at the big picture you too are the harbingers of god's death like 
you feel that fucking gravitas. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Talk about cosmic. Here you go. You're right in the middle of it all. And you need to realize that you're right in the middle of it all. Yeah. And like you have a part to play. It's not just winging it the Winchester hour. Hmm. Yeah. And that's it. That's the note that we that we leave them on. Yep. And we get one last glimpse into Earth 2 back at Radio Shed in the present time. Yeah. Chuck is watching World's End on this wall of flat screens for the past month. And he finally gets up and the sales guy is like getting out of a bed made of this debris. <laughs> a bed made of pizza boxes. Yeah. Oh, just, I, again, napping on beck and called to our boomer here. Yeah. And he's asking if that's all. Like, are you done? Are you finished? Yeah. And we get from Chuck that some worlds take longer to unravel, but they're all on the way. And the last thing Ryan, our sales guy, wants to know is if they'll be spared. Yeah, we'll be we'll be okay though, right? I've been I've been serving you for weeks and and I'll you won't take me, will you? And then fucking Chuck. Ugh. He does like this fatherly pat yes. on the side of Ryan's face. And it's like, you'll be fine. Yeah. Walks out the door, throws away his takeout cup, and we see meteors bringing the destruction of this earth. Yeah. Yeah. So, what a dick. Ah, what a dick. Ryan, you did so good. You, you tried. Poor guy. I, like, was going to pull some Linkin Park out of here, being like, <laughs> I tried so hard. <laughs> it's fine. I got so far. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but one thing one thing that um I did take away from that final scene is, um, is what, you know, when Ryan said, are you done? Is it over? Um, and Chuck did say, like, no, not yet. There are still more. And they will require a bit more attention. He says that attention. Yes. And and that had my ears perking up. So I'm I'm curious to see how that's gonna go for those alternate yeah. worlds. Yeah. Possibly he'll be off of our supernatural world for a while yet while he's taking care of that. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be a ticking clock according to when he'll be completed killing all the other worlds. And I'm curious to see where this other world, you know, uh, thread is leading, especially considering what we may or might, may not know about next week's episode. Yes. You guys should definitely watch the preview for next week because I oh. am living. Like, for the first <laughs> time ever, I'm like... A buckling episodes up, like <laughs> I love so it. So I'm I'm optimistic in that regard. Yeah, yeah, but we, but we're not. But let's let's not talk about next week's episode. Yeah, we're not even done this week's episode. We're not even done with this week's episode, even though we are done, and it's now time for can you guess it? What is behind door number two? Remy, what's your final takeaway? Damn it! <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping you were behind door number two. Um. <laughs> I just jumped out. You did the knock, knock, and I did the come on in. I got a goat. Um, so let's see. Let me, let me start by saying that if I had 
any expectations for this episode without knowing anything about it. But this was, you know, after a long hiatus, we're coming back in. We're in the final, um, um, we're in the back half of the season where there's only eight episodes left. Uh, what, if I had any expectation for this episode, it was that I was a little bit nervous. I was thinking, okay, this is going to be a big one. Shit's going to like pop off right away. And I thought that big things were going to be happening and that we were going to like just jump headfirst into, into, you know, the, the, the final arc of the final season. Um, and, and not to say that we didn't lay the groundwork for that. We definitely did. But what surprised me is that the focus of this episode was really about, um, uh, setting in concrete our Winchester family, our free will, team free will 2.0, uh, relationships. This episode, it was, um, it was setting the foundations for where our characters are at with each other going forward. Um, and that's my final takeaway and that we had Sam who at the beginning was doubtful and, and, um, and maybe wary of Jack. And, but then at the, near the end of the episode, you know, we, we saw that Jack is still, is still the Jack that we know and love. And, and we saw Sam, you know, being, being reassured of such things. Uh, we saw that after so long of, uh, of Cass and Dean being at odds with each other, um, they are, you know, really settled back into themselves and, and, and their friendship, um, and, and we had Sam saying, and we, we had Jody and we had Kaya back and, and we had everyone all back together and we had Sam saying like, this feels good. It feels like us. It feels like we're back. And I think yeah. that was the takeaway of the episode. It feels like we're back because I just remember our episodes one through five, you and I talking about it, like, where's our Winchesters? I miss them. And and I think that we took the time this episode to say, here's our Winchesters. Yeah, we got to raise the question at the beginning of the episode. And then we got to conclude with the idea that, yeah, even with the history that was going on, the kind of uncertain questions that remain around Jack, they were able to go, no, there's steady enough footing here we have foundation that we can build on and wrap themselves back together as the team free will 2.0 yeah. yeah especially cast as he's cast back on his steady footing it was it was really great yes oh my gosh bless mm -hmm. i don't think that i breathed once throughout that whole fucking thing so <laughs> <laughs> much less gave you pause enough to put in a word so sorry about that but <laughs> oh no 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 it's where it's it's good so so but yeah that's my final takeaway and i um i just i i was like you claimed all the fucking characters for oh your final i did fuck <laughs> i have i have a bad tendency to do that and that's why you shouldn't give me final takeaways first 
Oh, please. You can't oh, yeah? use that excuse. <laughs> I, it's not going to work. Oh, my dastardly this, plan. This is the, if I don't do dishes well enough, she won't ask me to do it again. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 you, you, you'll do the dishes if I ask you to, please. Oh, I thought I was being clever. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so my final takeaway. Well, yeah, all the characters are taken, huh? I guess I gotta go with just, I liked how this episode was raising Billy into the place that we would normally see God, you know? If we didn't know about God, like stepping outside supernatural, go into the way that the real world works, that if you have faith, but you can have doubts and having the struggle of, well, can we have faith? Should we have faith? And having Sam raise his doubts and like, they're very real doubts. He has real concerns and they're valid, but to see each of our characters kind of struggling with their doubts, how far they can take this faith, knowing they've been burned by Chuck before. I don't know. I just really liked it as this undercurrent beneath the conversations that our characters were having. You don't often see death raised in that way. Yeah. And um, I didn't even really... Well, I was going to say I didn't consider that, but I I I got that, but I didn't give it that sort of weight in that thinking about in game, we we know that death is in some way going to usurp God or I don't know. We don't know, but but that's what we've been speculating. Um and and that's one thing to like think. Oh, okay, our TV show is going to end this way, but here we have, um, we're we're really laying that groundwork, and we're having our characters, our protagonists, struggle with how they're going to be getting behind this this character. And I I do like the, um, what I didn't think about was the like, sort of real world irony in the whole situation. And, and, and giving yeah. death that pedestal. And like to see where this episode ends, it she gives some answers, but I feel like she doesn't give the most critical answer, which is what about the cosmic consequences mm-hmm. of God dying? She doesn't answer that. Yeah, no, she does not. That was our number one question at the end of last episode. And we don't even have an idea of necessarily what her vision is. You know, she's death. Her realm is death. And so what does a world look like? How does it live after God's dead and death wins? Oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, like she didn't give us answers. Now yeah yeah what is her end game we assume we i've been assuming that she's like you know on on our side but but that's not necessarily true like there might be consequences to the route that she has our characters believing in that are distasteful to our characters like she's keeping them in the dark yeah 
I don't know. I just really am fascinated with her as a neutral figure in that her concerns regarding humanity could be really negative from a human perspective. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, okay, I'm not, okay, 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 okay. 20 second, 20 second tangent. Okay. So, so I am leaning towards tying Billy, Billy as death. Um, her ideas of balance, her um motives, her in-game. I want to I want to tie those motivations solely to our world, to the supernatural world. Because when you were saying that, like we don't know what her her like cosmic um motives are. Um I'm thinking about the fact that she's just, you know, like tens of thousands of worlds just died. Yeah. Uh, uh, on god's whim um but but i i want to say that it her her number one goal is really protecting and overseeing our world because i'm thinking of the apocalypse world and yes. lucifer said or was it michael said um that that they enslaved their death so so maybe billy is just our death so she really her bigger picture is our world yeah yeah Okay, that in tangent. <laughs> Not so much a tangent as a thought. <laughs> how how universal is death? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was a gray area raised by the other world, Michael. Yeah. Thinky thoughts, thinky thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other any other thinky thoughts? I do not have physical capacity for more. <laughs> well, in that case, that was supernatural season 15 episode 12 galaxy brain we made it we made it and and next week we'll be covering uh season 15 episode 13 destiny's child which looks like it's going to be fantastic i'm not even cautiously i am optimistic (laughs) i i i i just fucking screamed at my tv for the preview and we have we have the summary which reveals some more special guests we have the the preview the promo images i'm i'm i can't wait and and we don't have to wait six weeks to see it yeah best part by time this episode's coming out it's gonna be like 24 hours (laughs) yes so so guys we talked about it and we we uh are going to continue to be publishing on sundays so no schedule change for us it's it's business as usual um we were kind of you know, we got to, I got to dust off the cobwebs from my mic this week, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I had a great time tonight. How about you? Yes. Blue? It's wonderful to be back. Oh, it's so great. I mean, honestly, I would just be hit at these random moments of how much I missed, uh, chatting with you, really diving into these episodes and, yeah, and putting out here. this content. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to be back. I'm very glad to be back. And uh guys, in all seriousness, um, we know that the world is is very uh difficult right now. Things are happening and it's 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 tough. Um and just, you know, take care of yourselves. 
both mentally and physically, uh, take care of your families, be careful, be cautious. And, um, but don't, but, but try not to let it drag you down. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this and, you know, we're, we're thinking about you guys always. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely thinking of you guys and just will be here as kind of a fun moment. Hopefully you mm-hmm. can spend some time just enjoying this show when we come out some days. Yep. And uh, we also have our all of our bonus content up on our Patreon. Uh, we have our after, after talk episodes that uh, come out days before our uh uh, full published episodes. Uh, we have our show notes, and you can find us at No Chicklick Moments at Patreon. Yep. So patreon.com slash No Chicklick Podcast. Ah, you caught me. You got me there. I, I got you. <laughs> I, I I I forget I forget all of our many many URLs. And speaking of our many URLs, um, at uh, no click or no You'll find our website. You have all of our trailers, some of our transcripts, I mean, all of our content. You can also access there. Uh, we are no chick flick pod at Twitter and no chick flick podcast, uh, at Tumblr. So, so feel free to follow us, uh, or, or chat with us there. Um, we will see you guys next week. See you guys. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.